Hi, welcome to the Read Play Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. And I'm your other host, Jack Love. This podcast is a resource for parents and caregivers as we educate on the importance of reading, playing, and talking with children every day. In this episode, we are talking with Amanda Carroll, who is the coordinator for elementary guidance and 504 for Mesquite ISD. Very nice. Welcome, Amanda. We're so glad to have you. Can't wait to talk a little bit more with you today. But before we jump into the nuts and bolts of our what's going to be informative conversation, why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about yourself? Yep. So again, I'm Amanda Carroll. I am from Louisiana uh, originally. I went to LSU, go Tigers, and then moved here after I graduated. I moved to Dallas, and I've been in Mesquite ever since. Started my teaching career at Shaw Elementary, and I taught first grade, second grade, and third grade there, and then spent eight wonderful years as a school counselor at Gray Elementary. And this is my first year in the coordinator role. So, And then also, I have a wonderful husband named Trey and two littles at home, Emma Claire, who just turned three, and Porter, who is eight months old. So, oh, what great names. Yeah. 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 I remember when you were introduced at the board meeting in this role. Was Porter born yet? Or were no, you I was pregnant. Yeah. Okay. And your your little girl was in a stroller. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember all this. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's amazing. You're stepping into this role. and Yep. With, with little, a little, little one littles, and yep. another little one on the way. Yeah. Now, did you say Emma Claire? Emma Claire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's my name. Yeah. Lisa's we call name. her both yeah. names, double name, you know, so. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. It's been great. Really sweet. Well, good. We're glad to have you today. So today we want to talk about how parents can support their child emotionally this mm-hmm. summer. Mental health and social emotional learning, very hot topics mm-hmm. in the world in general, but especially in education. Mesquite ISD has been like very forward thinking on these topics and providing some really unique resources for kids in our schools. Can you maybe share for families who don't know about the resources that are provided in the classroom and on campuses now? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the great things about Mesquite ISD. It's It's been a district initiative, which is great. So we are supported by the whole district. And one of the big things that we did, and I'm sure some of the parents listening have heard about it, every classroom from pre-K to 12 grade has a green space. This is a place in the classroom that's not punitive. It's not for punishment. It's for every child to have access to it. Um, There's things like fidgets in it and glitter bottles and Hoberman spheres and all of these different things that can help kids regulate their emotions for three to five minutes. And the great thing about this is it's in the classroom. So they're not leaving the classroom. They're not going to the office to have a cool down. They're going into the room and staying in the classroom realizing, you know what, I feel a little a little dysregulated, and they take it upon themselves to go there. So Mesquite supported that, and it has been amazing what we've had kids staying in the classroom, not having to leave, recognizing those emotions before they get really frustrated. So that's one of the best things I think Mesquite has done lately is the Green Space Initiative that we've had. This is year two for that. Also, elementary schools, all of our elementary counselors teach guidance lessons, SEL lessons, and everything is tied back to SEL. We have our care model in Mesquite based off of the CASEL model for social-emotional learning. And so ours is CARE, stands for Connection, Awareness, Resilience, and Empathy. And all of our lessons that we do in elementary, middle, and high school tie back to that. So those are life skills. Those, you know, we want everyone to feel connected and aware and empathetic and resilient. We want that. And so all of our lessons tie back to that. And something we do in elementary that I love so much, and um, I've actually talked to Lindsay about this before because we talked about the brain hand model. And parents, if you're listening to this and you have an elementary student in Mesquite, we teach our kids how to recognize their emotions with their brain. And so we use our hand to mimic that with the prefrontal cortex as our fingers and our amygdala is the tip of our thumb and the hippocampus is the length of our thumb. And we teach our kids to make a fist, a closed fist with their thumb inside That means they have a calm, connected brain, and they're recognizing those emotions. And then when they start to feel frustrated, they're able to articulate 
my amygdala is starting to feel a little out of control and they'll raise their their hand and show us that it's starting to show. And so we're teaching these kids these terminologies. We teach them prefrontal cortex, amygdala, and hippocampus. We teach them thinking brain, feeling brain, and remembering brain. And it's really amazing what it's done. I, I used to have kids come up to me all the time and say, oh, Miss Carol, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little out of control and would show me their hand. And it's really great when a student can articulate that because they're taking it upon themselves to tell you that before they, what we call, flip their lid, before mm -hmm. they just are out of control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all of the... That's awesome. So I picked up on there that you uh, go Tigers, LSU, although <laughs> I'm going to say Giga Maggies and go Wolfpack because I got to help. Okay. But I also heard you say amygdala. Mm -hmm. it, isn't that what Bobby Boucher talked about in The Waterboy with, with the crocodile? You know what? I think it is. <laughs> That's so funny. I have not made that connection at all until right now, and I haven't watched Waterboy in a, a long time. Uh, I'm here for the comic but, relief, yeah. so you're welcome. Yeah. That's so funny. Exactly, yeah, the amygdala, which is our emotions. So when our amygdala takes over, yeah, we kind of aren't in control. We want to be in control. So I mean, yeah. One of the most famous Cajuns is, is Bobby Boucher. That's right. One of the most. Yeah. <laughs> we, so, we surely claim him. <laughs> so I know kids are away from their normal routines in the mm -hmm. summertime and it can be, it can be super tough on them, right? I mean, they're not, I mean, heck, emotions are hard enough for adults. I can't yeah. imagine for kids sometimes too. And so you throw a lot out, a lot at them, but are there some practical things that maybe parents can do or check in for their children's mental health just to make sure they're staying on task with their children over mm -hmm. the summer? Yeah, one of the things you mentioned is that they're off of their routine, right? And so one of the things I think that is most important is to try to have a summer routine. It's going to look very different than your school routine, but just adjusting it where, okay, we might wake up a little bit later, but sticking to the same thing, like we're going to wake up, we're going to eat breakfast, we're going to do a morning activity, something like that. And this can go for all age levels, right? So I know older kids, sometimes they go to camps or things like that, but trying to stick with something where students and where your children will know what's coming next. Sometimes the anticipation of not knowing or not having anything to do can really cause a lot of anxiety with with children. And so having a schedule, sticking to something and keeping that and really doing that over the summer and then also on the weekends, just keeping that kind of throughout the year, like this is our holiday schedule. And it's not as strict and I'm not saying, you know, oh, at 8 a.m. we do this, but somewhat of a schedule can alleviate a lot of that anxiety for kids. Something else that I even do with my three-year-old that I think is really good is a mood check-in. We do this at schools all the time. I ask students, how are you feeling on a scale of one to five? One being, I'm not feeling great. Five, I'm feeling awesome. And when I do this with my three-year-old, and I mean, she's three, she'll tell me, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a five. And normally she's a five. She's three. But it's really great when they'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of off. I'm a three. And it sounds kind of like you're with them all day. Why do you need to check in on them, right? Mm -hmm. You're spending the whole day with them. I would say after breakfast is a good time to check in. They're not hungry anymore. They're awake. Hey, how are you feeling about today? And then you kind of can get a sense. And when you keep asking that, just give me a scale of one to five, really, really informal. Sometimes kids will then come up to you later and say, mom, I'm feeling like I'm a two. And you won't, it'll be out of nowhere. And it's really great because you're able to, they're able to articulate something that they, they know that, that they're feeling off. And then you're able to talk to them about it rather than just an outburst, and you're like, where did that come from? I've been with you all day. I have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Can you give parents an idea of like a good follow-up question or discussion to have if their kid answers, I'm feeling a three today or I'm feeling mm -hmm. a two? I'm yeah. guessing snap out of it. <laughs> Probably <laughs> yeah, not. Snap out of this. You're not a two, you're Suck a five. Um, so, yeah, so when they say they're a two, typically, so if Emma Claire ever says, Mom, I'm feeling like I'm a two, I, I always ask her, like, what's making you feel that way? What can I do to help you? Even when they're that little, 
saying something and starting with the word what rather than why. Sometimes why mm-hmm. can seem very accusatory, like why are you doing that or why did you do that? Saying what gives them more of an opportunity of what's making you feel that way and they feel less, like it doesn't feel like you're in trouble. You're just explaining. So I usually stray away from why at all times and just use what and change any whys to what's. And what would make you feel better? What can I do to help you? Would you like a hug? Those kind of things. And then just like really simple little questions mm-hmm. after that can lead to some conversations. You just like blew my mind with taking out why <laughs> and asking what instead. Because yeah. I'm thinking of all the times that I've asked my children why. Why are you feeling that way? <laughs> I know. I just wrote it down myself. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and you're really asking the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just, and it is funny because I, when I realized this, I realized when someone asked me why, it does feel different. It when does. When someone says yeah. why, when they say, oh, what's making you feel that way? You're like, oh, well, and then you, you just feel like you're more. Because it makes you almost question yourself. Yes, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So with kids, it for sure does that. Mm-hmm. And so what, and it's amazing. And I, I'd like to talk to you about it later if you mm-hmm. notice, if you say what, if, if your children answer yeah, I'll answers. be like your case study, and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what happens at home. <laughs> well, I'm going to use it on yeah. my wife. So. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> yes, works all around. Oh, yes. All ages. All levels. <laughs> what so, is making you angry at me specifically? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's say parents are doing these check-ins, mm-hmm. and maybe they are noticing some increased anxiety or even sudden mood changes in their child. What advice would you share to mm-hmm. those parents or caregivers? So the thing about younger children is that they are learning how to regulate their emotions every day. Honestly, as adults, we're learning how to regulate our emotions every day, too. But younger ones really are. And so from each minute, they, you'll notice, I mean, we see with our toddlers, you'll cut their sandwich in a triangle, and they want it in a rectangle, and then they blow mm-hmm. up. And they don't want to feel that way either. So I think a lot of it is just understanding when they're having an outburst, they're not wanting to do that. No one wants to feel out of control. And it sounds kind of silly to even say, like, oh, what, you know, how can I help parents? Really, it's just telling yourself, I didn't cause this. They don't want to feel like this. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to help de-escalate it? Because the natural inclination as parents sometimes is frustration because you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, hey, you got what you wanted, you know? But instead, taking a breath, letting them have their emotions, letting them go through them because they're going to at any age. I'm talking, you know, toddler all the way up through high school, they're going to have to experience those emotions giving them a minute. And then again, asking things like, I know you're upset right now. Is there anything I can do to help? Or I know you're upset right now. Would you like a hug? And that actually helps a lot with elementary age kids, toddlers, and then saying, if you don't want a hug right now, just let me know when you need one. Hmm. And giving them that space, knowing that you're there rather than fussing at them when they're having an outburst is really helpful Hmm. because fussing at them more just makes them escalate more and then their lid flips more and then it lasts way longer than it than it would have just to take a breath. Mm. So Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I follow um, this account. I listen to their podcast called Raising Boys and Girls, and I just watched a short video yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, he got a question from a parent, like, I know you say deep breathing, like, helps reset the brain, but, like, I can't get my kid mm-hmm. to calm down enough to breathe deeply. Yep. It's like, what do I do? And he talked about the importance of, like, kids have to let out their frustration physically sometimes mm-hmm. before we can get them to a state where they're calm enough to have those breathing and really rational conversations. And so, you know, I'm thinking like letting your kid, you know, play with the, like one of the fidget mm-hmm. things to like really work out their emotions. Or I've got one of my girls is a big feelings girl. And so I'm like, you can go punch a pillow, mm-hmm. like something that's safe. That's not going to hurt you or anybody else. But getting those emotions out physically mm-hmm. 
before we can really connect with them emotionally too. Yes, exactly. Because that's kind of what we talk about when they flip their lid and when their amygdala is in control. We've seen, I mean, you've seen adults like that. We've seen kids like that. When you're at that point, someone talking to you isn't going to work. They need to get that out. They need to figure out a way. So yeah, so giving them an outlet, some kind of physical way out is really good in a safe manner. So punching a pillow, things like that, that's a really safe manner of getting that out. And then you'll notice that they'll start to come down and then you can start asking those what questions. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do to help? Or what made you upset? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Hmm. Yeah. So we've talked a lot. I mean, we've used words like amygdala. We've (laughs) used that several prefrontal cortex. Yeah, all those kinds of things. (laughs) So, I mean, are elementary kids, I mean, are they too young to learn about brain development and that type of stuff? And I mean, I, of course, think they're not too young. I think that they, I think the younger you can teach children about brain development, the better. And I think that's what I'm really excited about with Mesquite ISD and also kind of the state of our world right now. We're really wanting people to be more aware of their emotions and their mental health. The younger we can do it rather than teaching them in middle school or high school when they've already kind of learned I don't know how to regulate my emotions. I don't know about my brain. I mean, again, I've talked about, I talked to my three-year-old about her brain development and we use different words. So sometimes when prefrontal cortex is too hard to understand, we say, we call it the thinking brain. When amygdala is too hard, we say the feeling brain, hippocampus, the remembering brain. And so then they can tie that in and then we just build it up. But I definitely don't think that they're too young elementary. I actually think it's the perfect age to start having them understand that their brain is in control of everything that they're doing. And that they can help control their brain. You can be mad. We just don't want you to be mad and kick a wall or flip over a desk. Experiencing the emotion of being mad or angry is is great. We want you to experience that, but in a calm way where you're like, I'm angry. What can I do that's safe when I'm mad? I can talk to someone. I can, you know, go in a room and yell out loud, whatever you want to do, just not physically. So we just want to teach them that at a really young age. Yeah. It sounds like it's important to know the how and why of why right. they're having maybe some emotional swings in their yeah. in their yeah. daily life, right? Yeah. So. And I can speak to that as a parent with a highly mm-hmm. emotional, <laughs> anxious kid is we talk a lot about brain development with her. She's seven, almost eight. And I feel like for her, it's almost this reassurance that something's not wrong with mm-hmm. her. You know, that I, as your mom, like, I feel angry at times. I feel disappointed, you know, frustrated. I have those feelings too. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way. Let me help you come alongside, maybe explain like why that's happening and what we can do to combat this mm-hmm. or to to come back from this. Yeah. So yeah, we've seen it work in our home. Oh, perfect. I, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And I think that's, especially for our students who are kind of overly emotional or really just feel things so deeply at a young age, I think, yeah, what you said is perfect. Just knowing there's nothing wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. We all have these emotions and we do all experience them differently. And we want you to experience them. We want you to feel sad and anxious and mad. We want you to experience that and then know how to regulate once you're feeling that way. I think mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of resources Mm -hmm. out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like on social media, articles, podcasts, everything. Can you maybe just share a few resources Mm -hmm. that you would point parents to to maybe gather more information about this topic if they're interested? Yeah, for sure. So one of my most favorite Instagram accounts that I think is great is called Big Little Feelings. It is my most favorite thing for toddlers up through all the way through elementary. And really a lot of it can be used past that depending upon kind of what we would call like an emotional age, right? So it's an excellent resource for parents to use to help de-escalate their children and to also keep themselves calm. A lot of that comes down to us as parents. When we can stay calm, it just lends to a much better environment. 
So instead of us getting frustrated, I love big little feelings. There are a couple of Sesame Street videos on YouTube that are great that I love so much. One is with Elmo, and most kids love and know who Elmo is. It's called Belly Breathe. And so sometimes, like Lindsay, you were saying earlier, when parents are like, oh, I can't get to that point where my student, my child's going to take the deep breathing. Belly Breathe with Elmo is great because I can tell a child, hey, remember Belly Breathe? And it's like a physical thing that they do, and they mm-hmm. put their hands. I'm like, remember Elmo? And it it can kind of bring them out of that. So Belly Breathe with Elmo, great video. But Me Wait is another one by Cookie Monster. It's about self-control and understanding how to wait. And they're both really fun songs that are awesome. So when you need that little break at home and you want to maybe put on YouTube and you don't, you know, those are good, safe videos that are also mental health, SEL minded. And then there are a few books, you know, I'm kind of going to rattle them off. So um, Move Your Mood by Brenda Miles is awesome. It's such a fun way for kids to, it goes through each emotion and it talks about like shake out scared and it's really, really cute. And Mm -hmm. so I love that one. Breathing Makes It Better by Christopher Willard. And then The Way I Feel and The Way I Act, both by Jana Kane, are so great. Little poems that talk about emotions and feelings and how to act. Oh, and then something that I find works really well with elementary age students is something tactile. So anything like fidgets or things like that, but also the Never Touch a book series. So like Never Touch a Dinosaur, Never Touch a Leprechaun. They're really great because you can read the book and also feel the thing and you have a great conversation and it always gets my three-year-old out of her funk. So I can say, it'll say like, never touch a dinosaur with prickly scales and she touches it and she's like, I touched it. I'm like, you weren't (laughs) supposed to. And so it's just really fun to talk about that. And it's tactile and it's a really fun way to get her out of her funk. And then we also get to read while we're doing that and spend time together. So, and then finally, I would suggest having some kind of a green space in your house. Something that we do, like talked about earlier in MISD, is every classroom has a green space. So creating some kind of a sensory bin or a fidget area that's in your home where your child knows when I'm feeling dysregulated, I can just go there and spend a few minutes. And it's just for that purpose. So you'd have coloring sheets and Hoberman spheres and stress balls, but it's just for those times. You can have a whole other area in your home where they're going to paint and do all that stuff too. But where they know, oh, my parents created this for me when I'm feeling upset and I know I can go there at any time. So I would say creating a green space in the house is really beneficial. And I'm thinking too for maybe families that don't have like a space to Mm -hmm. do, maybe just even a tub. It can be anything. Yeah. And I mean, even in my house, we have a tub, like that's what we do. And like, she just goes and gets the tub and pulls it down and colors for a minute and then puts it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Those are mm-hmm. great resources. And I'll link everything mm-hmm. in show notes if families want to go and Perfect. purchase those or look those up more specifically. Yeah. It's so funny. Before we close real quick, I heard you talk about mood and, and green spaces and all those types of things. Those aren't limited to kids. And I say that mm-hmm. because there's a company out there called Sindelaney and they teach culture within companies and everything like that. And we use at my company, the Mood Elevator. And it's literally a board with your mood and you go up and put your token where your mood is. So everybody knows if you're grouchy, maybe mm-hmm. stay away from them. And so you kind of do all that stuff, yeah. right? And then the green space is like, if you are grouchy and you've got an office, maybe just go there and mm-hmm. cool down and take a break. It's just funny to me how, like, even as adults, we're still kids, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, and we have to remember that sometimes. So yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been so much fun. We got to talk about a little bit about Bobby Boucher and, uh, <laughs> and the amygdala. And well-rounded episode well, here. Well-rounded episode. Yeah. And we, do, we really do appreciate all the information that you provided us today and hopefully our parents and kids will get to put some of it to use yeah thank you so much for being here we really appreciate you yes you're welcome absolutely 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Read Play Talk podcast with our guest, Amanda Carroll. We would love it if you would share this episode with friends and other families in your community that could benefit from this information. Our episodes are released monthly and you can subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you're interested in ideas on how to read, play, and talk together at home, follow us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Read Play Talk and on Twitter at Read Play Talk TX.